This is Tech Talk Detroit with Brian Spurgeon and Chuck Lobert. Tech Talk Detroit brings you the latest in tech news and Detroit happenings every week. All right. Well, welcome to Tech Talk Detroit. We're happy to have you with us again. Uh, my name is Chuck, and as always, we've got Brian here with us. How you doing, Brian? Good as usual. You know, it's uh, busy, busy with work, a lot going on. Um, excited to talk today, though. And uh, also, finally, looks like we might be breaking the, the weather barrier a bit this week. Right. Kind of back and forth. But um, yeah. Yeah, very happy for that. Finally get some 70s and 80s, maybe get out there and golf or something. Yeah. Yeah, I've been out a few times, but that's a, it's a lot less than I'd like to be. So yeah. I'm really getting out there, yeah. For sure. Yeah, so what we wanted to talk about today, you know, we're, we're into April now. Um, you know, the vaccines are becoming widely available. So we're starting to see a lot more companies that are starting to bring staff back into the office. And a lot of times that what's resulting is this hybrid work environment where you've got some people that are working in the office, some people that are working from home or, or wherever they may be. And really, if you listen to the experts out there, this is probably going to be kind of the, the new way of doing business moving forward. So we wanted to talk about what that looks like, you know, what that hybrid work environment looks like, uh, you know, what you should think about from a safety perspective, from security, collaboration, uh, you know, how to handle if you want to rotate staff, you know, different things like that, that, that all of the thoughts that should go into if you're starting to bring people back into the office um, to do so securely so that uh, you don't see a, a breakdown in productivity because everybody's kind of gotten used now to working from home. You know, we talked about a year ago about how to get everybody working from home quickly. And the, at that point, really, the thought was you get people working from home for as long as we needed to, and then everybody would, would be coming back to the office. But that's probably not going to be the case for a lot of businesses. Some businesses are selling their offices altogether and just working from home now. Um, some, uh, a lot, I think, are going to more of this hybrid work environment where there's going to be maybe a rotation of staff for a while or even permanently have some people working from home and some in the office. So we wanted to kind of circle back around on this. And, and now that you have people working from home and you're starting to potentially bring all or some of them back to the office, what are the things that you need to think about? So uh, that's what the topic for today. Uh, and you know, we figured we would start with the safety piece of it. You know, obviously you got to look at the COVID protocols and make sure you're find it following CDC guidelines around, you know, six foot separation, masks when you're not at, at personal work areas, things like that. Uh, beyond that, you know, now that vaccinations are widely available, um, you know, for those that want vaccines, some companies are requiring them, some are incentivizing them, some are, are just kind of staying out of, out of it and letting the staff decide what they want to do. And really, the big thing, I think, comes down to bringing everybody back safely, but also at, at a comfort level, right? You want people to come back, you want them to be efficient, you want them to be productive. And the only way they're going to do that is if they're comfortable coming back as well. So, uh, you know, one thing that you could do there is is even doing a poll around um, the, to the staff to kind of get what their ideas are around coming back, what their thoughts are, what their comfort level is, uh, different things like that. Um, you know, but really, from a safety perspective, you know, those are probably the big things to think about. But you know, what we really wanted to kind of focus on today was more around the security, the collaboration, um, so that you can make sure that even though people are working, some in the office, some from home, that they're working productively and efficiently. So, uh, you know, Brian, when you when you think about 
staff coming back and, and maybe half being in the office, half being home, so half maybe protected by a business firewall, half not, you know, all of these different things that come into play. What are the security measures that, you know, maybe we started to do a year ago as part of getting people working um, from home, but that we really need to make sure are in place and that are, are solidified now? Yeah, I think when it comes to the security, um, it's a lot of the stuff we've talked about previously. Um, and, and if you go back a year ago, um, you know, at this time, we would have been, you know, a little over a month into lockdown here in Michigan, um, you know, the beginning of the pandemic. And I think the the focus of the conversation then was very much, you know, keeping the business alive. How do I transition from the office to getting everybody to be able to even re- work remote? Um, and security, I don't want to say it was an afterthought, but certainly, you know, it, it was not the the main focus. There, there wasn't the time to sit there and develop a very in-depth plan and analyze your business and see where gaps are and stuff. It was, you, you were talking about, can my business run or not? So I think when you fast forward now to present day, you know, based on the information you said, you know, a lot of a lot of the IT leaders, they believe that the work from home is going to be a permanent strategy that's that's implemented to some capacity. Um, and, and I think now it, it security is is definitely a concern because we're winding down, hopefully, towards the end of this this thing, getting closer to 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 normal, whatever that means to you. Um, and I think that it is you know, you, you do have to look at what is our security posture. Um, but a couple of the things that we've we've hit on that I'll always hit on is going to be the multi-factor authentication for any of your cloud apps. Um, that would include your email, your Office 365, if you're using G Suite, um, if you're using any kind of, of remote desktop, absolutely, you know, MFA is, is a must. It's something that we, we, we go through with all our clients. We require MFA. Um, and ultimately, that's going to be one of your biggest tools to prevent any kind of, you know, catastrophic uh, exploit. So MFA, you, everybody knows what it is. We, we don't need to get too detailed into it, but it is absolutely key. Um, I think also, too, is, is VPN. So when you have all these these people from different home networks, you know, the thing to consider and think about is it's one thing when it's in your office and you have your your, your nice sonic wall or Cisco router and firewall. Um, you, you've got the nice network infrastructure that gives you visibility into what's going in and out of the network. Um, you know, you've got the policies and the security stuff to block things from, from trying to attack your business. When the users are working from home, um, hate to say it, but the Comcast modem and that you get for five bucks a month isn't gonna quite do the same job. So from that standpoint, I think that's what you have to keep in mind is the the security of these these home offices is nowhere near that of the business and the business is now extending into your employees homes so you have to do you have to do things that are a little different to, to accommodate that and i think vpn is definitely one of those areas where you can um, bolster some of that security so in theory what you're doing is requiring that user at home to to connect to your your business office, and they're working out of your business network as opposed to their home network. Um, it gives you it, it does allow you to get that visibility through your firewall, through your network traffic of what's coming in and out. Um, and, and I would absolutely implement the VPN strategy um, if you're using like traditional file shares and things like that. Um, the other big thing that I, I don't think we've hit on too much, um, but is is an EDR platform. There, it's um, 
extended des, des, uh, detection and response. And basically what it is is a, is a very beefed up um, antivirus program from what we're traditionally used to. So, you know, the, the antiviruses, again, is another good front line um, to pick up the majority of, of the known threats that are out there. But just like anything, there's a lot of unknown threats. And every day there's, there's new stuff coming out. There's variants of old threats. And ultimately, you know, no antivirus solution is, is completely foolproof. So what happens a lot of times is you'll get a, a threat that gets past your, your antivirus. And beyond that standpoint, because it doesn't recognize it, it doesn't know what it is, that, that threat then has the ability to, to mature and determine what the, the actual attack is going to be. So with these EDR platforms, what they're doing is, you know, if the threat gets past it, they're looking at that activity that's, that's out of the norm. So they're seeing these, these threats that live on the network for some time, and they're able to pick up on that um, and, and lock, either isolate the workstation or, or the user accounts um, from the rest of the network. But it is, I think, a very um, robust tool that all organizations should at least look at and see if it makes sense for you. Um, and then I think the other things that we've hit on too is, is gonna be training. Again, you know, it, it, your employees or your frontline, that's usually where most of the, the breakdown in your security comes from. Um, you know, you can put all the policies in place, but you can't control what your end users click, what your end users open, um, and ultimately training your staff is is there, there's not enough of, of time that you can spend to do that. I think that is that's key, and it should be a part of any, any business's strategy uh, moving forward. And the last thing is the mobile device management. Um, that that's a there's a lot of different reasons why you use mobile device management. I think in the past we've hit on um, you know protecting your employee data uh, or your company data from from employees that might be taking it and leaving. Um, you you can use it to audit policies on your workstations. If, if users um, lose or, or, or their laptops are stolen, you can lock them down and wipe them. And those are all absolutely uh, good reasons why you should have that and they pertain to security. However, the other advantage I think you get with the work from home is you, you can now restrict which type of workstations are accessing your, your company data. So with the MDM in place, you can say it has to be either a company asset or if you allow a, a bring your own device um, policy, um, this will allow you to enforce that. So the the user's home computer, if that's what you're allowing them to connect on, you're at least making sure they have to have an up-to-date virus. The Windows is patched currently. Um, and whatever else you, you want to require in order to access your data, that's that's going to be key. And I think that's that's something that everybody should have in place as well. Any, anytime you hear work from home or remote, you should have a mobile device managed policy to help um, back that up. Yeah, so there's a couple things that I thought of as you were talking there too. You know, one of the things that you mentioned kind of at the the beginning of talking about the security was a gap analysis and kind of looking at what you have today, taking all of these different things like MFA, VPN, EDR, training, you know, all of these things and kind of, you know, putting putting them say across the top of a spreadsheet and then comparing where you're at today to to do you have these things in place or not? And that's that's kind of a quick way to do a gap analysis. 
And from, then from there, you can start to build a plan to be able to shore up any areas that you find that maybe you should have that you're, you don't have today. And that's kind of a, a good starting point to, to see, all right, am I where I need to be today? If not, what do I need to do to get to, to where I need to be? Yeah, and I think, you know, to, to add to that, um, to give somebody a starting point, you know, I would look at the NIST framework. Um, they have their five pillars. It's easy to find and look up. But ultimately, um, you know, the, the categories you want to look at is going to be identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover. And it's as simple as just building out those five pillars and taking your security, um, your, your security solution as a whole and just, you know, matching it up to all of those pillars. Some of your products, you want to make sure there's some overlap between pillars, but ultimately the key is to have at least a solution under each one of those categories. Um, and that's a great starting point for sure. Yeah, and if you don't have the uh, security expertise on staff, you can always work with uh, you know an outsourced uh, managed service provider, security provider that can help you with that type of stuff too. And the other thing I thought of, you know, as we talked about at the beginning, how the weather is is changing, we're starting to get a little bit more warm. I think something that that we're going to see a bit more of even this year than we did last year is people even working while they're traveling, you know, working from campsites and stuff like that. We've been watching a show on Discovery Plus about people looking for RVs, and that's one of the things you start to see people that are looking for now is a work area on their RV because it's going to become more and more where you might be able to control certain things within somebody's home and the connection there. You know, some companies might even buy little firewalls for people's homes or something like that. But now how are you handling things if they're working outside of that home now, if they're traveling, as things start to open up more, if they start going on vacation or if they go camping or whatever it is, and now they're on these public insecure networks connecting to your uh, data. That's really where now, even more, you need to make sure that you've got all of these types of things in place so that you can, regardless of where they're connecting from, what kind of connection they're coming from, they can still connect, they can still work, mm -hmm. and they can still be do so securely. No, that's a great point. You know, I know like VRBO and, and Airbnb, they've hit on that hard um, in terms of, you know, people, you're remote, so why not, why not work remote from somewhere nice? Um, that's a great point. And uh yeah, I think also too to to top that off is with with restaurants and and cafes and stuff being open this go around, you're going to see a lot of people going to those public networks, um, and those are a great spot for um, you know attackers to take advantage of your employees. They they know that there's a bunch of uh, people connecting to a public Wi-Fi and it's unsecure and it's it's very it's a playground for them to figure out what they can get into. So. Yeah, as we've talked about before, those bad actors, you know, they're called bad actors for a reason. And now they what they do is they try to look for any area where they can kind of insert themselves and take advantage of you. So now that might be people that are just trying to get out of the house, people that are working out of a cafe or something like you said, or people that are finally taking the, the chance to be able to travel a little bit. And now they're going to try to take advantage of that to, to be able to compromise your data. So uh, it's definitely something to, to keep in mind. It's definitely something you want to look at. Um, you know, security is going to be a big, big, big part of this, whether it's you know, work from home strategy, hybrid work, whatever it is, you know, it's got to be a, a big part of it for sure. And then the next thing, you know, that we wanted to touch on was really the collaboration and how do you how do you keep people working collaboratively and efficiently and productively even though they might, some of them might be working from home, some of them might be working at the office, some of them, who knows, might be working at a campsite or something. So how do you keep that collaboration going? And, um, you know, what are your thoughts around that, Brian? 
Yeah, I think it's key. I think, um, you know, we've gotten used to doing the, the meetings. So whether it's, you know, Zoom meetings or Teams meetings, obviously that's kind of become a, a pivotal part of, of getting through this last year. Um, you know, at least having some type of feeling of, of, of being in a room together and working on something. I think that's a big part of it. So, you know, we're, we're big Microsoft Teams fans, largely because it integrates with everything else that we have going. And I think also with, you know, a lot of the security stuff I mentioned earlier, it's very easy to, to, to apply that security to our teams, um, tenant. So from that standpoint, I think it's secure and robust. Um, but ultimately, I think, you know, if you haven't looked at SharePoint, that should probably be the next the next focus. You know, I know a lot of people are using, um, you know, the, the cloud file shares. That was a thing of, you know, four or five years ago, everybody wanted to get, you know, get rid of the traditional file server and, and go to a, a cloud platform like Box or Anchor or Dropbox, um, where you've moved your company data into that and now everybody can access it from anywhere. Um, and I think SharePoint is taking that concept and adding on to that. So where, yes, you're able to distribute your files everywhere with those other traditional file uh, cloud file solutions, SharePoint's gonna allow, give you the collaboration that, that you need. So, um, you know, when you have a company share and you have a, a spreadsheet that, you know, leadership's working on for budgeting or whatever it may be, um, you're not waiting for other people to make their change, update it, check it in, notify the team, next person takes it. Um, you know, it's very much, we're all in there at the same time. Let's let's just get in there and get our stuff updated. We're all looking at the same thing. You know, if you and I are in the same spreadsheet at the same time, Chuck, I could see exactly what what um, yeah. spreadsheet you were clicked on. And um, you know, and I think that that's kind of the, the next next level that you get when you go to SharePoint. So I think if, if you're a business that isn't currently utilizing that, that should be definitely where the the, the next focus is and, and see if that makes sense for you. And I think, again, the integration between everything else that we use, you know, so most companies these days are using Microsoft Office, whether it's standalone or through Office 365, Microsoft 365. Um, if you're using Teams, like all of these different tools just kind of tie in together and really become a seamless way to work. So if you're on SharePoint, but you spend your day in Teams because, you know, maybe that's your phone system or maybe that's just your collaboration platform, you can bring all of your SharePoint data into Teams. So it, it's really just kind of ties everything together and, and helps us to be able to work so much more efficiently and productively, I think, uh, regardless of, of where we're at and what device we're on, because you know, there's clients for SharePoint, clients for Teams, web access for SharePoint, where you can access it from, you know, I'll use it sometimes on my iPad, my iPhone, or, you know, obviously my, my excuse me, my Surface device as well. So, um, you know, it's very uh, accessible and, and easy to use. That's the topic we wanted to kind of touch on today was, um, you know, around that hybrid work environment. As we mentioned, a lot of people are talking about how that's really going to be how we run our businesses moving forward. So it's something that we're all going to get used to if we aren't already. Um, more and more people, it's going to be something that they're looking for, I think, as they're out there looking for jobs. So it's certainly going to probably be a um, a point where, um, you know, a, a point of, of kind of come work for us because we have that hybrid work environment versus maybe if your competitor mm -hmm. doesn't. So, uh, you know, it's definitely something to look at, but obviously we want to make sure that we do so safely, that we do so from a secure standpoint and make sure that we can keep that collaboration and product productivity up at the top level. So we appreciate you coming and uh, spending a little bit more time with us today, and we hope you have a, a wonderful day. Interact with Tech Talk Detroit at techtalkdetroit.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.